Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Brother Gary this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, October 7th, 2018, and released on Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. This week's message is titled, Children Are a Gift from God, and the scripture reference is Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through 16. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. Today we're going to be talking about children are a gift from God. You know, it thrills my heart every time that sweet little girl comes in and runs up and gives me a big hug. Luke 18, verses 15 and 16 is our text today. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw that, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to your prayer at this time, thanking you for the blessings you've given us. Dear Lord, be with me now as I bring this sermon. Let it be brought to you in love, in love for everybody, realizing that the sin of abortion is such a horrible sin. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do for us. In your precious name I pray. Amen. My message today is about the most controversial subject in America today. Y'all saw the circus that recently went on on the getting Mr. Kavanaugh on as a Supreme Court justice. This wasn't just an argument between the right and the left. This wasn't an argument between liberals and conservatives. This was an argument over whether it's right to kill a baby. That's what the argument was about. Uh, Abortion has literally torn our nation in two. Abortion is a self-inflicted disease of morality. The war between good and evil began with the Supreme Court decision in 1973 called Roe v. Wade. In this decision, a very liberal Supreme Court ruled that women have a right to murder their babies. I might add, the Supreme Court didn't actually even have a right to hear this case because their only authority is to review laws whether they are constitutional or not. And there has never been a law regarding abortion on the books. Through God's holy word, the Bible, I intend to prove that abortion is wrong and a sin in God's eyes. The immoral cancer of abortion has currently killed over 60 million babies and is growing daily. This horrific war against mankind must stop. Life is a sacred, God-given gift, and we need to treat it that way. So when did life begin? Well, let's start off in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be all over the Bible today, so if you want to jot in these verses down, feel free to. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27 And God said, let us make man in our image, 
After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. In these scriptures, this was part of our text last week, so we're going to stay off of uh, creation at this time, but mankind is a special creation. We will use that word there. Man did not evolve from some monkey or some amoeba. Miss Margaret, you would appreciate, I read your poem last week. Uh, we didn't come from some kind of a big bang. God, a holy God, created us in his very image. So how did this creation of man take place? Look in Genesis 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Scientists say that we all have different DNAs. And I'm sure they're correct. But we all have some common characteristics that we can take from the 7th verse of Genesis chapter 2. And that is that we share these same things. First of all, God gave each and every one of us life. When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, he also breathes the breath of life into every baby that is reproduced. We are all made of dirt, just like Adam. Might not want to admit it, but you go dig up some of these graves that's been out there a hundred years, and you're going to find a bunch of dirt. That's what's left. Uh, Adam and all humans are blessed with a soul. In the study of biology, if you want to be looking at it scientifically, we're the only animal creation that has a soul. The other animals do not. They have a spirit, sometimes a very feisty spirit, but they don't have the soul. So when God created Adam and Eve and breathed into them the breath of life, they became living souls. This is when life began. Originally, but especially precious in the is the gift of children. They are precious to God. Psalms one twenty seven, verse three through five, says, "Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As heirs are the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth." Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, and they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You know, there was a time in our history when this was a common thing where people would have literally dozens of children. My dad was one of nine. My mom was one of nine. Uh, Vicky and Nancy and Linda, they were, their mom was one of 14. 11, and your daddy was one of 17. I thought there were some, some kids that died. <laughs> okay. 
Anyway, I never was good at remembering numbers. <laughs> anyway, God is proud of every child that is born. They're special to him. Every child born is God's reward. Solomon compares children to arrows. The more arrows in your quiver, you should be proud. This day and time, if you had 14 children, you'd be bankrupt. There's no way you could feed 14 children. But they're precious in God's eyes. You know, when Bobby and uh, Heather had little Kara, uh, when Bobby came out of that delivery room, he was all bound up and all that surgical stuff. But that hug he gave me spoke volumes. He had just seen and witnessed God's creation. The development of unborn life is controlled by God. Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Children are protected by God in our scriptures today. He protects children in the birth process. From conception, the little baby is protected in the mother's womb. The creation of a new life is something to praise God about. The baby is protected throughout the birth process by God. You know what? God can even call people into his ministries while that child is in the womb. In Galatians 1.15, says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. This was the Apostle Paul talking. A baby called by God while still in his mother's womb, even in the womb, God is developing our brain to be used by him. It is very evident that life is a sacred, God-given gift. And God condemns those that take life away. So, next thing I want you to look at is life does begin at conception. Say, how can you prove that, Brother Gary? Well, look at Hosea chapter 9, verse number 11. As for Ephraim, their glory shall fly away like a bird from the birth, from the womb, and from the conception. Scripture that I've just read to you in Hosea lists three specific times that a baby exists. The baby exists at birth, in the womb, and at conception. Abortionists will argue with you. Abortionists have argued for years that there is no life until the baby is born. The truth, they teach that in the mother's womb, the baby is a fetus. I don't know where they created that word, but I don't like it. This fetus has no soul, no brain, no life. How many mothers in here will argue with an abortionist over that statement? 
never doubt, life begins at conception. And it's a sin to kill, folks. Exodus 20, verse number 13. How many people can quote it for me? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. So, this is part of the famous Ten Commandments. And these Ten Commandments were cut in stone by God himself. Man did not come up with these commandments. They must have been pretty important for God to give these to Moses to begin his law to rule the Israelite nation by. Exodus 20.13 is only four words. No matter how liberal someone is, I think it is pretty clear that we are not supposed to kill. But the abortionist thinks that only means living, breathing human beings. Didn't we not just establish that life begins at conception? If a woman aborts her baby, folks, I'm sorry, but that is murder. An unborn child is a person. In Exodus 21, verse 22 and 23, if men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follows, he shall be surely punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life. God gave the children of Israel law to live by. This was the only written law in mankind for many, many centuries. Most current laws today, including the law of the United States of America, is based upon Jewish law. This scripture lays it out in detail how an unborn child is a person. That unborn child has the same rights as anyone else does. If a woman is hurt by someone so bad that they lose their baby, judgment will be made against that person. Jewish law said that thou shalt give life for life. A person would be executed for hurting an unborn child. So God condemns anyone who takes another life, including an unborn child. Abortion is a man-made sin of convenience. Does life begin at conception or birth? We already established that fact, that life begins at conception. When an expecting mother has a sonogram of her baby, she sees hands, she sees feet, their head, the legs, the torso. Did I not just describe a baby? That's what she's in her womb, is a baby. A mother, a mother does not carry a blob in her womb until it is born. No, no, that's not correct. That mother is carrying a little baby in her womb, a living baby. When a woman's egg becomes fertilized, God just created a new soul right at that exact moment. A new life has begun. Abortion is legalized murder or on demand. 
With the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, society said it's okay to murder your children. This meant that women could use abortion as another form of birth control. These babies are precious, and they deserve the right to live, folks. There will probably be a very special place in heaven for all our children that have been brutally murdered through the years. Sixty million and counting. Sixty million and counting murders of unborn children. We have to stop abortion, folks. Our aborted babies make the Jewish Holocaust nothing in comparison. I'm not making light of the Holocaust. It was a horrible thing. Six million Jews put to death by the Germans. But do the math. 60 million versus 6 million? Which is greater? Abortion has killed many more. How do we stop abortion? Well, the only way we can is with our vote that is God-given. I'm not suggesting that you stop abortion by going out and bombing all these Planned Parenthood places or killing the doctors that, that perform the abortions. Uh, there's some people out here that do that, but that's not right. That's radical. But we have the right to vote. That's not radical. And we have a right to vote the right way. First of all, all Christians need to be registered to vote. If there's anybody listening to me this morning in this auditorium that has not registered to vote, you have until Tuesday to go down to the county clerk's office and register to vote. I don't care what you register as, independent, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, it don't matter. It don't matter what party you put down because the parties don't matter no more. They're just some name out there. Christians, we are obligated to vote. But if you don't hear this, this is a profound statement that I wouldn't normally make, but I believe it. If you do not vote like a Christian, that's one of my favorite phrases, voting like a Christian, then don't vote. Very simple. We have a right, we have an obligation to vote like a Christian. So therefore, a Christian should never vote for any candidate that is pro-abortion. Period. There's no gray area. There's no what if. That is a profound statement. You should never vote for any candidate that is pro-abortion. And like I just got through saying, the party's candidate, the candidate's party means absolutely nothing, folks. I got a paper back here on the back vestibule. It says, Conservative versus liberal. It's put out by some kind of a college student thing. It's not put out by any political party. I urge you to take one if you don't know what you are. Because uh, there is no such thing as a party anymore. You're either conservative or you're liberal. One of the two. Help us elect godly candidates who believe in the sanctity of life. It's time we quit killing our babies in America.
this was a hard sermon to preach. I know that abortion has touched many homes and many lives. Some of you might have had an abortion yourself, or your loved ones maybe have, a daughter, a sister. Abortion hurts the living. Remember, God loves you, and if this has ever been a part of your life, he'll forgive you for what you've done. But I encourage each and every one of you to help me, help all the other Christians in America fight abortion at the polls. This time we're going to have a word of invitation. Brother Terry is going to come and he's going to lead us in a word of invitation. I'm going to pray. And this is not a message that, that urges you to come to repent or anything of that nature. This is a message that asks you to do what's right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love you have for us. We thank you for your holy word. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that abortion is wrong. Lord, we're asking that you touch hearts, touch hearts to do the right things. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior and would like to talk with someone, we would love to talk with you. We are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area at 4103 West Texas Street. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study that meets at 6 p.m. We encourage you to get connected to a local church in your community and get involved in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm, as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. Thank you and God bless.